So, so I'd like to just welcome everyone to this sukkah, whether in real time or virtually, and it's uh, just a very special time, very, very special time. And uh, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I say this every year, and I think we spoke about this last week as well, that there's no month of the, of the Jewish calendar which is so jam-packed and so, so filled with so many Yom Tovim. You have, I mean, and all the Yom Tovim, they're all different from each other. They're all distinct and disparate from each other. You've got, Pe- you got Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, you've got Yom Kippur, and then you've got Sukkot over here, and, and then Hushana Rabbah, which is happening on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Hushana Rabbah, even though that is a, it's a, the final day of Sukkot, but it has its own unique identity unto itself, and it's almost a Yom Tov to itself. Con- <coughs> I have to tell you the story. Some, my Rosh Hashiva, actually, I we, we dedicate this class to his Refor Shlema. Because he actually is in is in the hospital and he's been in the hospital the last two weeks since uh, before Yom Kippur. My Rosh Hashiva, yes. His name is is uh, is Aaron Moshe Ben, Rabbi Aaron Moshe Ben from Rachel. From that's your name, right? From, from, no, from a Rachel. His name is her name is. So uh, he see has a refuah shleima. So uh, <coughs> so <coughs> I was I was remember <coughs> when I came back <coughs> when I came back. <coughs> For, for the last days of Sukkot in Chaim Berlin and Yeshiva, I'd gone away for the first days of Sukkot to a friend of mine in Maryland, Silver Spring. And uh, I wanted to stay there for the last days. It was so nice over there. So I wanted to stay longer. So I called the Rosh Hashiva. He was expecting me to come back the last days of, uh, of Sukkot. So, but I wanted to stay longer. It was so nice being in the country, like out in the suburbs outside of, uh, of, well, compared to Brooklyn, compared to Brooklyn. (laughs) So, uh, so the, uh, it was, I remember that there was a feeling I had. So, uh, I called the Rashiva up and he was, he said, no, you you should come back and I'm expecting you to come back. So, so I came back and, uh, but he really kind of, he really strongly didn't say it very softly. He said very strongly, I should come back because he said, coming back to, um, yeshiva for the last days of Yantav is like being in the base of Mikdash because being in yeshiva being in the walls the holy walls of the base of Mikdash of the base of Madrash of the yeshiva it's like being in the in the holiness of the base of Mikdash of the temple so I came back and I came back on Hushana Rabbah night that would be the equivalent of Saturday night this Saturday night it was during the week that year so I came back and I went into the yeshiva the next morning on Hushana Rabbah morning and it was, this is the first time I'd experienced Hoshana Rabbah in a yeshiva type of atmosphere. And the first thing which struck me at the end of davening, the end of the services, so everyone was saying good yomtif to each other. Now today we just said good moed, moed tov, good moed. And that's what you say, cholam moed, you say good moed, have a good moed. But the expression good yomtif really is, is really reserved for yomtif. You say but the first days of yom, last days of yom. And everyone was saying good yomtif to each other after the services were over on Hushana Rabbah morning. And I really, I remember the feeling, I, I, I had this, you know that feeling, you, you get this the feeling of like, you get butterflies in your stomach, you get all this tension inside of your belly. And I really thought I'd made a mistake. And I'd come back on the wrong day. Yeah. And I'd come back, and you know, coming back on the wrong day, if you come back on the wrong day, it means you came back on Yom Tov. So that means I got I was I, I drove back on Yom Tov. And I'm like, I had this like, this feeling, this panic on, uh, over me, that I came back on the wrong day, and it was really Yom Tov. It's like quickly realized that it wasn't really Yom Tov, it was Hoshana Rabbah. That was the first experience of realizing that Hoshana Rabbah is, is this, and people say good Yom Tov on the Hoshana, and they have a Suda as well, on the special Suda on, on, on Hoshana Rabbah. Mm. But I'm not going to speak about that. 
Anyway, and the last, but the, but the real last days, the real last days of Sukkot, or the last days of the whole period, is Shmini Atzeres, Simchas Torah. And that really, really is a completely unique Yom Tif unto itself. So we are really, uh, we are j- submerged in this season of Yom Tovim. And uh, so I just want to say a few, just a, few, a little bit about that. But before I, I s- explain that in more depth, so there's a, uh, there, there was a, there was a, famous commentator from the medieval times Recanti the Recanti his name was we did this on Sunday I think I think so so uh, so uh, the Recanti says that when you and we'll have an opportunity after to do this unfortunately those people are on zoom can't do this but well you can have your own but we're gonna do the shake the lula Vanessa we're gonna wave the lula Vanessa afterwards whoever didn't wave it yet can still do it but the Recanti famous Sephardic rabbi said that when you shake the lula Vanessa you have to make sure that the four minim, the four species, the, the esrog and the other three species are, are, are all held together tightly. Because you, some people you'll see, they'll wave, the, they'll have the lulu on one hand and they'll have the esrog on the other hand, they'll be doing this. That's not proper. You have to make sure that the esrog is touching together with the hadasim and the aravis and the lulav. That's a halacha. So the Rikanti was, uh, was very, he knew this halacha, but he was always puzzled as to the reason why. Like, where does it come from? One Sukkot, one Sukkot night, he had a dream. And in the dream, a guest who was visiting him, that Sukkot, came to him in the dream itself. And in the dream, he saw this guest. He was sitting down at a table, and he had some paper or a parchment. And this guest, in his dream, was writing down Hashem's name. The yud ke vav name, the very uh, ineffable name of Hashem, the, the name which really describes the essence of God the holiest name of Hashem, and he was writing the letters yud ke vav on this piece of paper. And he was writing these letters, and he was writing the Yud, and then he wrote the He, and then he wrote the Vav, and the He of the yud ke vav name, he wrote it separate. We did <laughs> Okay, so you can, you can finish it off if you want. <laughs> so so it's, uh, I'll make sure I get it right. <laughs> so, the, so, the, so, the, so the He, the, so he wrote the last He separate from the first three letters. And in the dream, the Rikanti was puzzled by this. He was actually bothered by it. And he said, you don't do that. You don't write Hashem's name that way. You write it, Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey, all together. And he chastely reprimanded the guest. And he said, write it properly. So he wrote it properly. And that was the end of the dream. And the Rikanti woke up and he was very puzzled as to the meaning of this dream. What was it telling him? So the next morning was Sukkot. So they went to Shul. And he was watching this guest who was with him. And he took his Lulav and Esrog. And he, lo and behold, he picks his lulav up in his right hand and he takes his esrog in his left hand and he's waving and he's doing this with his lulav. And he's holding the esrog far away from the other three mina. And he realized that was, and this was the guest who came to him in the dream, writing Hashem's letters without putting the hay next to the other three letters. And then you suddenly realize that's, that's the explanation. Because the four mina, the four species, the Abba mina, represent the four letters of Hashem's name. They represent the four letters. Now that's pretty wild. That's and that's not wild, but very significant because that means that the Arba Minim really embody Hashem's essence, Hashem's name, Yudke Vovke. That's the holiest name of God. So the Yud, so the, the Arba Minim have a connection to God's name, to the essence of God. What's Arba Four species. The four species. The Lulav and Esrog. Four. There are four. The Hadassim. The lulav is the actual real. The, lul, the word lulav really refers to the main branch, the big one, the very tall one. That's really the lulav. But the hadassim is the myrtle leaves, and the aravis is the uh, 
We'll see, uh, Ravas is the uh, willow, the willow leaves. So they're, they're the three, and the, so the esrog is the is the fourth one, which is uh, actually you know let's you know, let's, do, let's do it actually, Karen, because I, I have mine over yeah. here. I have mine over here. Just I have it over here, Karen. Actually, I'm going to do it because I have mine over here. Can you tell us what the letters are that are? Yeah, I'm going to go explain. Yeah, I'm passing the esrog over there. I'll just I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take rest for a second. I have my have my astro box over here. I have my astro box. So this reminds me of the story of the uh, fellow we had a guest. Uh, came to a class of mine. He was uh, he wasn't Jewish at the time. And he'd never seen an estrog in his life. And he just heard about it. So I said, you've read about it. You've heard about it. Like, what do you think it is? What do you think it looks like? He said, I don't know. Like, that's like, what he said. He said, I don't know. It looks, I think it's like something kind of thing with bells and whistles on it. He, that's what he said to me. So he said, well, I've got one in my box over here. So he said, really? So he said, yeah, I said, shall I show you? Yeah. And he, his eyes were like glued. Like, he was so excited to see what an estrog looks like. So I, I was doing this. It was the class in Center City. So I, I, I'm doing this, I'm taking it out slowly, and I, I gradually reveal it from behind the box. And all he, all he did was he just screams out, it's a lemon! <laughs> anyway, it's not a lemon. But the, uh, you can see it on the camera, right? So you, see, you can see it, right? So the, uh, so here's, here's the Arabamina, Arabamina, the four species. So, uh, <clears throat> So this really is the lulav. This piece over here is really, strictly speaking, the lulav. Even though we call it a lulav and esrog, this is really the lulav. This is the palm branch. This is the aravas, the willow leaves. And this is the uh, hadassim, the, uh, the myrtle, right? And this is the esrog. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, there's so many halachas, so many laws and rules about it. And uh, But really, I'm not going to get into the laws of it, more of the Kabbalistic, mystical dimension of it. But he, in the dream, so again, in the dream, so this guest of his... Was, was doing this like you know like you know people do this they start shaking around they're not really he's not really paying attention to making sure that the esrog is held over here and, and the halacha is you're supposed to put the esrog in your left hand if you're a lefty yeah. um, if you're a righty right. if you're a right you put in left if you're a lefty you switch it but that's not because it's interesting not because it's because you you the a lefty's right hand is really his left hand because either way, because the concept of putting in the left, you have to put it into the weaker hand. And we'll see that why in a second. You have to put it into the weaker hand. Right? So if you're lefty, you put it in the right hand. Righty, you put it in the left hand. So you right, so like the same thing as to fill in. So you put it in your left hand. So, so and you, again, you have to shake it. And in the dream, so he's, he couldn't understand. In the dream now, so he understood the dream now. Because each of the, of the Arba Minim represent one letter of Hashem's name. Now, I'm not going to go into the... I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how these three over here correspond to the first three letters of Hashem's name. But what in this book over here he discusses is why this one does correspond to the, th the fourth letter of Hashem's name, the hey, the last hey of Hashem's name. That much I can explain. But, uh, but because the, the letters are connected, you have to put, make sure they're all connected as well. So just on a more broader level, the Medrash says that the four species each have a connection to God in general. 
like for example there's, there's a this this is called creates hadar fruit of a beautiful tree hadar is beautiful so there's a verse in Tehillim saying, describing God as beauty and splendor stand before God. So this is Hashem. And the Medrash goes through each of the three others and then link each of these things based upon the way the Torah describes each one of them and then finds words that connect those words with other words describing God. So we see that there's a very, very special connection to, to, to Hashem and, and the Arba Minim. So another another thing which the Medrash says, which is a vast, this is a very fascinating concept, that when we speak about Hashkocha Protis, Hashkocha Protis, divine providence in the world, I mean, obviously divine providence is a big thing we believe in, but there's two categories of Hashkocha, two categories of divine providence. One category is what's called Hashkocha Klal, as a general form of providence and and uh, taking care of the world. And again, we're not going to get into the details of this, but there's, there's another category called Hashkocha Protis, very specified Hashkocha, where there's much, much, much more of a direct connection of God to that particular entity. So other things, we learned this in the Derech Hashem class on, for, on Sunday mornings, there are certain things in the world where God's intervention is not as direct and he does it via angels, malachim, different forces out there. But there are certain things that 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 are privy to a, a very 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 close divine providence that you know it does it without any, using any intermediary forces and there are four things in four, four things in the natural universe <laughs> right which mystically whatever the reason is four things in the in the natural in the natural world that are privy to god's direct providence and what's what do you think those four things are there are four things that God does not utilize, an angel, a malach, a sar, an officer, species. the four species. So, 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 so the Medrash says, we'll take questions afterwards. Medrash <laughs> says, <laughs> says that the, that the four species are under the direct hashkocha, the direct divine providence of God. So there's a direct connection between the four species and Hashem. So that's another reason why the four species have this, uh, you know, this connection to God. But let's go back to the esrog over here. Like, why is the esrog? What, what's the connection of the esrog to the hay? So here's the idea. Here's the here's the concept. We're in the month of, of Tishrei right now, right? This is the month of Tishrei. So Tishrei is uh, the Gemara says that the month of Tishrei is called the Yerach Eisanim or Yerach Eitanim, the month of Eitanim. Now, what is Eitan? Does it does it? What that's that's eight? Uh, no, an eight Eitan. Eight is a tree. Eitan is a Hebrew name for for a man for for a boy. Eitan, right? right. So what? So so Eitan or Eisan Ashkenazic pronunciation. What? Maybe, but Eitan means strong. It means strong one. Aleph Yud Tov Nun is Eitan, like Eitan. So this month is called the month of strong ones because of the holidays. So Yerach is you got again we said before Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, all the the strong holidays of this month. So this is called the Yerach, the month of Eitanim. So each holiday is a strong one, Eitan. But there's something very, very, you know, unusual or special about the word Eitan. Aleph Yud Tov Nun. Aleph Yud Tov Nun. And those letters, grammatically, those letters uh, are the special letters which, if put as a prefix to a verb, turn the verb into a future tense. So, for example, let's say I said, let's say, he was. In Hebrew, you say, Haya, he was, Haya. If you stick an aleph in front of it, 
it becomes I will be. Right? That's the Aleph of Eitan. If you, the next letter in Eitan is Yud, right? So if you stick a Yud before the word Haya, it becomes instead of he was, yeah, he will be, right? And then the Toph becomes you will be. And then the Nun becomes we will be. They're the four letters which, as, which when used as prefixes, they turn the past into the future, right? The past into the, so that's very significant. So because this is the month of turning the past into the future, putting the past behind us and turning and creating a new future. That's the month. Of it. So therefore, everything in this month is all directed towards Teshuvah. So Rosh Hashanah came and went. Yom Kippur came and went. Suddenly, those were days which we all recognize as being days of Teshuvah. But as I said last week, it's not over. That was just the beginning. It's not over because we went into Sukkot. We're going into Hashanah Rabbah. We're going into Shminat Seres. It's all one long sequence of Yerech Eisanim, Yerech Eitanim, a month of mighty ones or a month of Teshuvah. And therefore, every single thing in this month is a tool for Teshuvah, including, therefore, the four species. So this is also a tool for, the, for, the, for, the, for doing Teshuvah, for doing Teshuvah, for doing repentance, for doing Teshuvah. How do you spell the word Teshuvah? Tov, Shin, Vav, Sorry, Tav Shin Vav Bet Hey, right? Tashuva. Now, if you break the word up, Tashuva, and split and take the Hey away from the last the first three letters, you get Tashuv Hey. Tashuv Hey. Which and, the, and Tashuv bring Tashuv means bring back. Tashuv bring back the Hey. Tashuva is really bringing back the hay of God's name, right? Because what happens when a person does a sin? When we do Averas, we bring God, we take God out of the picture. That's what, that's, you know, that's what Averas are. That's what mistakes and sins are. They, we're taking Hashem out of the world. What are we really, so if we're taking God out of the world, we're taking yud, the, yud, the essence of God out of the world. We're taking the Yudke Vovke out of the world. But Kabbalistically, they say the, the, the letter which actually gets taken out is the last hay. That's the that's the letter which gets taken out. The hay they say the the, the hay drops down and goes into the kind of the realm of impurity, and doing teshuva and repenting is all about bringing the hay back to, and re reuniting God with Himself, so to speak, or reuniting, making God's name whole in the world once again. That's what bringing God, bringing the hay back to and uniting, making sure that God's name is whole, right? Making Hashem's name is whole. And making sure the esrog is together with the other three species. That's doing teshuva and bringing the hay back. The hay is too far away. Like so if I'm holding the hay over here, then it's you know God's presence is out. I've got to bring the hay back. That's teshuva, and I'm bringing it back, holding it all together. The arba minim are together. The yud Vovke name is all together, held together. Now God's presence is in the world once again. So I've got to bring the hay back. Why is the esrog the hay? So the hay, the, the esrog is the is the heart. Right, it looks like the heart. There's one speech that looks like the heart. The heart festival is the source of it all, right? The source, the, you know, they, they say that the 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 the, the aravas, the, the willow leaves, reminds us. No, this one over here looks like our our eyes, and therefore that's kind of you know, it's our eyes. Our eyes lead us to sin. This one, I'm sorry, I'm sorry this is the lips. I'm sorry, this is the lips, right? Speech, speech. This is our eyes. These look like eyes lead us to sin, and the, this the, the lulav is the spine because we go places we shouldn't be going. So, you know, and the lay, but the real kind of the root of it all is the heart. Because what the heart desires, the body finishes off, right? So it's all in the heart. So we've got to make sure our heart is, uh, is, is repaired, so to speak. But why is, the, why is the heart held in the left hand? 
because because the heart, right? What do we say in the in the Shema? Love God with all of your heart, with all of your heart. And the word heart there is spelled levavacha, right, with two vases, which is an odd spelling because lev heart is spelled with one vase. Why does it, spe- it look like a mistake? No, because we say because there are two sides to the heart, just like there are two chambers to the left, right, and chamber of the heart physically. So also the heart, we have a yetsahara, a good inclination, a bad inclination, all in the heart. So the idea of loving God with all of your heart is to try to kind of rechannel all of your desires, even the negative impulses, rechannel them towards good. So, but which side is negative and which side is positive? The left, the left, left is that's the that's the side of uh, that's the side of uh, of the yetsahara of sin because left is less dominant right the right in in judaism is the dominant side the right compassion mercy love right left side left in in kabbalah is is like din is is justice and and harshness so we specifically take the esrog in our left hand to remind us that it's because our heart uh, it's the left side of our heart it's the yetzahara the arrogance and the ego and all of the negative stuff of the heart which leads us astray that's why we specifically take it in the left we hold to remind us you know it's that it's that kind of negative side of my heart which is kind of needs to be brought back I've got to bring it back i've got to bring my negative i've got to overcome i've got to subdue my my ego i've got to subdue my desires i've got to break my heart teshuva is all about that teshuva is all about is like is, is contrition contrition at the heart that's what teshuva is all about so the esrog in the left hand reminds us that's what it's all about it's contrition at the heart and the and the kind of subduing of my e- ego and my arrogance and the breaking of that negative aspect to bring it back and reunite it together with the other parts of the of the Aramidim. and that's why the word esrog is spelt aleph tov resh gimel after the verse in tehillim al tevienu regal gaiva that the, 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 the those letters in tehillim those the, those words start off with the letters of esrog aleph tov what are those words al tevienu regal gaiva do not bring us to the foot of arrogance and self-centeredness, right? So that's the esrog. The esrog is like a, is not to, is to subdue the self-centeredness and to kind of bring the. So this is all in the the essence. But when we do that, we and we bring it back and we bring it close. Because what are you doing? Actually, you're actually bringing the left and now bring it close to the right, and you bring it and uniting the esrog with the other uh, three minim, and uniting Hashem's name back to its place. And that's all in and that's all in the in the four species over here. So it's really the an amazing device of doing teshuva. And then when you do it and you wave it and you shake it and you, uh, I mean that also. I'm not going to get into that right now, but that's a whole other discussion about the significance of the waving. But just to appreciate, I mean, what can I say? To appreciate, you know, <laughs> we all grew up with these things, right? You saw them, uh, like waving them like like the meaningless. <laughs> This is profound. This is profound. These are profound things. And this is only, this, we're only just scratching the surface. To take a mitzvah, any mitzvah it is, and to really, don't do it quickly. Do it slowly. Do it with thought. Understand it. Learn about it. Because there is incredible depth and profundity and meaning and significance to every single mitzvah. And it's the biggest tragedy that we, I say this all the time, one of the biggest tragedies is that so many Jews don't understand they haven't taken the time out to learn and to absorb and to use Bart's great expression to suspend my disbelief in the process of learning to be able to just soak in absorb the messages the ideas that perhaps maybe 
you know, there is something in this, and that you know, we we, we see we 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 we've been you know educated and taught and influenced by the world at large. But there's so much over here which can change our lives and influence and, and bring us closer to God. And that's all in the Esrog. Of the, that's an example of the Teshuva of the Abamina. So uh, that's good. So that's, that's, that was all in the dream. So we'll now take questions, comments, and criticisms.